Hey, if you've got your Bibles, can you go to, I want to start here, Matthew chapter 12. We've been talking about your words, the power of your words, the power of life and death is in the tongue. We've been talking about how words affect your life. And I think this might be the last, the last one because we've got a, a special service next week with our Master's Commission and we've got our Easter service. So I think we're going to wrap it up here today, Lord willing. Um, you know, usually I, this is the time in the service where I pick on my kids. Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on myself this morning, okay, if I can, just for a second. I was looking for my, my phone yesterday. I'm sure none of you have, have had this experience, but I was looking for my phone I couldn't find the thing. My kids are always snatching it, and I just, I knew one of them had taken it and put it somewhere, and so I'm looking for it, and so I find Tara's phone, and I ring mine, and I'm looking around. I can hear it. It's somewhere in my kitchen. I'm looking around my kitchen. I'm thinking, is it in the refrigerator? I can, it's behind me somewhere, and I'm looking. It's not, it's, is it in a drawer? I don't know where these kids put things and why they put them places. My little one will shove things in the cabinets and I looked in the cabinet. I'm looking, I can hear it in the kitchen for several minutes. I'm just, it's always behind me. It's always, it was in my back pockets. I looked everywhere. I looked, I tore the kitchen apart. It's in my pocket. And I, I almost went and got my wife and I'm glad I didn't because I would have been embarrassed. People might've found out about that. And so, you know, but it, it it's, we're like that sometimes. Maybe you've never done that. Hopefully you've never done that. But we're like that sometimes with, our, with our, the Word of God. And I think a lot of Christians, they, they understand that they have something. But when it comes down to putting it into practice, they don't know that they have it. You know what I mean? I, hey, I have it. I have the Word. They come and sit in church on Sunday. I've got the Word. Thank you. I've got Jesus in my heart. Everything's good. I'm going to heaven. And something comes up in their life. They think, oh, no, what do I do? They're not, they're hearers, but they're not doers. We can be like that sometimes if we're not careful. We can be hearing the word and not doing the word. In Matthew chapter 12, and I opened up the series with this scripture, and somebody said to me the other day, hey, you should, you should mention Matthew chapter 12. That will go right along with your series. I said, thank you. I opened that up with that scripture. And if you haven't heard some of, the, some of the, ser the sermons, you can go back on YouTube and watch those. But look at Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33. Jesus said, either make a tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. And then Jesus says, brood of vipers, can you speak good things when you're evil? For the mouth speaks from the overflow of what? The heart's. The mouth speaks from your heart. A good man produces good things. So you can produce good things from the storeroom of good. That's your heart. You store things in your heart. By what comes in is what's going to come out. An evil man produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people have to give an account for every careless word, or the, I think the King James says idle word. Every idle, it's a careless word, it's an idle word, it's a fruitless word. A word that does not produce what it's supposed to produce in your life. You'll have to give an account. For by your words you'll be acquitted, by your words you'll be condemned. So we've been talking about our words, the fact that our words produce something in our lives. The words do something, okay? And the word of God in your life it does something. You're with me so far. 
And here's where we want to go today. I want to talk to you about Joshua. I was, I was praying about this yesterday. I said, Lord, show me someone in the word of God who really put this into practice. And immediately the Lord said, look at, look at the story of Joshua in chapter 10. In Joshua chapter 10, what happened is Israel had made a bad alliance with somebody that they shouldn't have. They kind of got tricked into it. And then these guys got in trouble because the enemies around them heard they made alliance with Israel and they attacked them. They came against them. And so Joshua and his army comes to the rescue. And here we are as they're coming up. It says, the men of Gibeon sent word, don't abandon us, your servants. Come quickly, in verse 6, and save us. Help us for all the Amorite kings living in the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua and the army, including the fighting men, came from Gilgal. And then the Lord spoke to him, okay? So listen to this. The Lord spoke a word to Joshua. Do not be afraid of them, for I've handed them over to you. Not one of them will be able to stand against you. So listen, here's where we're going to start today. Joshua got a word. He got a word from God that nobody was going to be able to stand against him. Listen, this is how we live our lives. I said this, I think, last week. We don't live by how we feel. We don't live by what we see. We don't live by what's going on around us. We don't live by what the news says. What do we live by? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Amen. I'm really loud. I can hear myself preaching good up here. You can turn that down a little if you can. So we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When Joshua got the word, listen, when Joshua got that word from God, he knew he had everything he needed. He didn't need anything else. The Lord said, look, I'm with you. He got the word to go forward. Amen. He got exactly what he needed. He understood the power behind the word. Listen, he understood the word gave him some authority. The word of God in his life gave him all of the resources of heaven and earth at his disposal because he had a word from God, I'm with you. I'll take care of it. I'm gonna fight for it. Listen, just go, I got you. He got everything he needed when he got the word. And listen, so did you. You got everything you needed when you got the word. God's taking care of you. God's taking care of this. You might be going through something today. The word of the Lord is, just like it was to Joshua, don't worry, don't be afraid. I've handed this thing over to you. Nobody can stand against you. That's the word of God to you. And that word puts the resources of God at your disposal. If you need something to fulfill this promise, you've got access to it. Are you awake this morning? Come on, the, the word is the final say in your life. The world might look at it, a situation and say, man, it's over, it's finished. No, it's not over until God says it's over. And he didn't say it's over. He said, you're going over. He said, you're coming out on top. You might, you might feel like you're at the bottom, but that's okay. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what your symptoms are. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the, the resources look like. What matters is what the word of God says, and the word says you're on top. Listen, but here's the thing. Like me with my phone in my pocket, you might have that word, but you don't understand that you have it. 
You might have the word, but you don't know that you got it. Listen, you gotta, you gotta believe this thing by, how do you believe it? You gotta get some faith in you. You gotta get some faith in the word and start doing what the word says. Because if you'll believe it and act on it and put the word in your mouth, it's gonna work for you. But listen, some people, they watch they watch God doing something for somebody else or they, they see themselves going through something and they don't see God moving and they say, God, why aren't you moving? God, why aren't you doing something for me? God, why am I suffering like this? Why am I going through? And they're not seeing the victory. They're always seeing defeat. Why? Because I believe you gotta start putting this word in your mouth. A good man will produce good from the storeroom of good. But an evil man will produce evil from his storeroom of evil. You gotta get the word in you so you can produce what the word says you're supposed to produce. But some people get bitter. They get upset, right? God, I can't believe you didn't do this for me. And they never recognize they're the problem, not God. It's on them. It's on us to do what his word said. See, they heard it, but they didn't do anything with it. It's like the story, we're gonna celebrate the resurrection here in, a, in a, two weeks, right? And on that day that Jesus rose from the dead, now listen, he had told his disciples, didn't he, what he was gonna do. He said, look, the son of man's gonna be betrayed, handed over to sinners, he's gonna be crucified, and on the third day, he's gonna rise again. And they said, okay, whatever. It didn't produce anything in them. Jesus got arrested and they all freaked out and they were scared and they were hiding. And look what happens in Luke 24, in verse 10, Mary and Mary Magdalene and this jo Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, they all went to the tomb to put some anointing on, on the body because they thought Jesus was dead for good. And you know what happened, you know the story when they get there, there's something incredible. They said, who's gonna roll away the stone? They get there, the stone's rolled away. And the guards have run away because they, they saw an angel and passed out and they, took, and they must have woke up at some point and taken off. And there they are and they see an angel who says, says what are you looking for the living among the dead? Jesus is risen just like he said, right? We'll talk about this in a couple of weeks. And they go back to the apostles and they told them what they had seen. And look what it says in verse 11. These reports seemed to the men an idle tale. It seemed like madness, feigned things, that's make-believe things, nonsense. They did not believe the women. They heard the word of God. Jesus told them himself, I'm raising, I'm gonna be raised from the dead in three days. So in three days, the women come back, they, hey, Jesus got raised from the dead. Y'all are crazy. Make-believe stories is what they thought. And I think that's a, lot of, a problem with a lot of the church today. They read this book and it sounds like make-believe. They read this, this story about Jesus saying, you'll produce things with your words. That sounds like make-believe. My words don't matter. I can say whatever I wanna say. And it doesn't make any difference because it's just a word. Listen, they haven't taken hold of what the word says. They're not acting on the word. They're not doing the word. It's nonsense to them. So listen, this word is not idle words. The word of God is not idle in your life. The word of God is 
active, it's alive, and it will produce things in your life if you'll get the word in you, get it coming out of you. You with me? So Joshua got a word, and he acted on it. Look what it says in verse 9. So Joshua, he went after these guys. He caught them by surprise after marching all night from Gilgal. And it says, the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. He defeated them in a great slaughter at Gibeon and chased them through the ascent of wherever these different places are, struck them down. They fled before Israel. And then it says, look at this, the Lord threw hailstones on them. Now, have you ever been in a hailstorm? They, they said we were going to have hail the other day. My kids were very excited, but there was no hail that I, that I saw. Maybe you saw hail. There was no hail that fell on my property, and I'm thankful for that. And my car didn't get hail damage. My roof didn't get hail damage, praise the Lord. But the Lord threw hail on them. Now, listen, if you're in a battle with somebody and it's hailing, everybody's getting hailed on. But in this battle... The people they were fighting against got the hail, but Israel must not have, because it says the Lord threw the hail. Picture that. The Lord, with his baseball glove on, up in heaven, give me another one. And he's just whipping them down there, whipping them. These guys, these guys are getting clocked. Why? Because the Lord's sending it, yeah? The Lord threw the hail. And it says, it says more of them died from the hail than Israel killed with the sword. But I want you to catch that because, look, it says in verse 10, the Lord threw them into confusion. The enemy came against them, but the Lord caused them to be confused. The enemy made their plans, how they're going to attack, but the Lord confused their plans. This is good news for you. Look, the enemy might have made some plans against you. He might have made some plans against your family. He might have been making some plans against, against your work. But listen, everything the enemy tries to do, God's going to confuse it. There's nothing that can stand before you because the word of the Lord is the enemy will not be able to stop you. He won't be able to stand before you. When you come before him, he's going to run seven ways. Come on, he's going to get scared. The enemy can't do anything to stop you. Listen, you got the word. Come on, church. You've got the word of God. The word to Joshua was nobody could stand against you, and Joshua acted on the word. Listen, God doesn't fulfill the promise until somebody takes hold of it by faith. There's the promise, we talked about this last week, but you gotta add your yes, you gotta add your amen to it so God can add his amen to it. You gotta act on the promise, you gotta believe the promise, you gotta stand on the word no matter what the situation looks like because listen, the word of God is there's no weapon formed against you that will prosper. The word of God to you is everybody who speaks a word against you in accusation, they're gonna fail. There's nothing that can stop you. Come on, this is a place to say amen. There's nothing that can stop you. There's nothing that can stand against you because God's for you. We sang that this morning. He's fighting for you. We watched this movie the other day. I probably shouldn't even say it but because some people don't like movies. That's okay. I, I do. Uh, we watched this movie called The Magnificent Seven. You ever seen the old, the old, old movie? This was the newer one, but I like the old one. 
But in the, in the movie, I think it was Denzel Washington, right? He rides into town on his horse. He's the, he's the gunslinger. And he's going in to save, because there's some, been some bad guys in the town, and they were, they were shooting people, killing people. Burn the church down. That made me so mad. It burned down the church. Oh, I thought, oh, my goodness. And they were, they, were, they were some bad guys, some bad dudes. And so Denzel Washington comes into town all by himself. He looks like he's all by himself. And he comes in, and all these bad guys come around, and they say, give us your weapons. We're not going to let you come in here with your weapons. No problem. He takes his gun and says, here, come get him. And, and before they can do it, he says, but I want to tell you something. The guys with me aren't going to like this. Because did, they didn't know they were surrounded. Listen, you're surrounded. You're surrounded today. The enemy might come against you, but there's nothing he can do to stop you. Because the, the one fighting for you is greater than the one that's in the world. Come on. That's good news today. Whatever the enemy throws at you is going to fail as long as you keep this word in your mouth. Look at that scripture, Isaiah 54, 17. Isaiah 54, we have that up there. No, I read this. No weapon formed against you will succeed. Any who, what does it say? And you will refute accusations raised against you in court. I think, what do we have? The Amplified or something. This is the heritage of the Lord's servants. This is your inheritance. This is your heritage. You've got an inheritance. Here's the inheritance. God's fighting for you. You're, that's your inheritance. When you were born again, God said, that's it. He's part of my family. Listen, you're part of a family now. You've got an inheritance in your family, and it's better than the Bill Gates inheritance. It's better than the, what's that guy's name, Facebook guy? It's better than his inheritance. Zucker, Zucker's, Smucker's something. It's better than his inheritance. You got an inheritance that's better than the Donald Trump family. You're part of a better family. And listen to me, church. You've got an inheritance, and the inheritance is God's for you. He's not against you. The inheritance is you're part of his family. You've got all the rights that come with being in the family. So this word says you're above. It says nobody can stop you. It says the blessing of Abraham has come upon you. It says, it says that God's for you, and he's fighting for you. So this is what Joshua understood. So look at verse 12 with me. So on the day, because this is what I want you to catch, your words now, the word of God in your mouth. On that day, the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. Joshua spoke to the Lord in the presence of Israel. Now listen, who did, who did Joshua speak to? The Lord. He's having a conversation with the Lord but it's not really a prayer like most of us would pray. It's not, Lord, because most of us would have come to God, Lord, you know we're in the middle of a battle here, and it's starting to get dark, and there's no way we're going to win, and Lord, could you, just, you said we were going to win. Is there just something you could do, Lord? That's how most people pray. But look, so this, he's really, he's calling it prayer because he's talking to God. What does he say? He says, son, stand still. That's his prayer. Son, stand still. In the name of Jesus, right? Sun stand still. And, the, and what does it say? The sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation took its vengeance on its enemies. Isn't it written in the book of Jashur? So the sun stopped in the middle of the day and delayed its setting almost a full day. Think about this. The sun, now we know, we, we understand some, some things now because we're sophisticated, 
And we got, we got science teachers in school now that'll tell you how this will work. The sun's not moving. I think that's what they say. The earth is moving. So for the sun to stop in its position, what has to happen? The earth is not supposed to spin. Now this thing, this earth you're standing on is spinning at 1,000 miles per hour. At least that's what they told me on Google. It's spinning 1,000 miles per hour. It's pretty quick, okay? The sun, the sun is here and the earth is spinning around. So for the sun to stop and the moon to stop, everything had to stop. You think about the miracle that took place here because I don't know what would happen if the earth stopped spinning just in natural, if it just, you know, like your car hits a tree and you, the car stops, but you're still moving. That's why they make seatbelts, right? So if the earth stops and, and you don't, you're, you're going for a trip, right? So this is the miracle. God did it now. See, now most of us, we would never pray something like that. Why? Because that's impossible. I don't pray for impossible things. Well, if you don't pray for impossible things, you don't believe the God of the impossible. You don't believe God's able to do the impossible. Do you understand miracles are impossible by definition? It's impossible for somebody who has cancer to be healed and have no cancer in his body just because you say, in the name of Jesus. That's impossible. It's impossible for a man who's born blind and someone says, hey, in the name of Jesus, and his eyes are opened at the name of Jesus. That's impossible. But listen, we serve a God who does the impossible. So Joshua spoke to the son. Listen, and it says this. It says, in the presence of Israel. In other words, everybody heard him. Now, this is something that most of us would be hesitant to do, is to say some big faith statement in front of people. You know, it's one thing, hey, I'm at church, and hey, I'm believing God's gonna do something, such and such, but I don't wanna share that with everybody in the whole world. Why? Because they're gonna think I'm crazy. When Joshua said, son, stand still, and everybody heard his faith declaration, he's putting it all on the line. If he had whispered it to himself, son, stand still. And everybody's like, hey, did you notice the sun didn't go down today? Hey, that's, that, I prayed about that. I prayed that God would do that. But he, he spoke it for everybody to hear. Listen, I don't care if you're in the presence of heathens. Say the word. Speak the word. Don't change your confession. I heard a pastor talk about this. He said, he said, look, he was believing God for something big. He said, we were believing to buy a shopping mall, this pastor, an entire shopping mall. And they, put their, they wanted to put their church inside the shopping mall, but they didn't have the money for it. And everybody said, that's impossible. And he went to a, the barber shop. He said, I was at the barber shop and those guys were kind of cutting up. I, I knew they were laughing at me behind my back and I knew all this. And and they said, so pastor, you're gonna buy a shopping mall. And they're winking at each other and stuff. And he said, I kind of backed off my confession. I said, well, yeah, we're, we're believing God's gonna provide. He said, he said, I shouldn't have done that. What I should have said is, no, I already own it. What do you mean you already own it? You didn't buy it yet. No, but the Lord's providing it for me. So I, it's already mine. I call things that are not as though they are. See, he said, I changed my confession in front of those heathens, but I shouldn't have done that. See, don't let people affect your confession. We're going somewhere with this. 
You know, they, hey, they're, they're going to laugh at you. That's okay. They laughed at Jesus too, didn't they? He said, that girl's not dead. She's just sleeping. Ha, ha, ha. They all laughed. They weren't laughing when she got up. Listen, when stuff starts happening and you're saying impossible things and things start happening, they might laugh, but they're not going to laugh when it happens. They're going to say, whoa, what, what's, what's this guy all about? Something's going on with him. They're going to know God's with you. And that's the point. So Joshua spoke to the son. Son, stand still. Listen, look at, look at this, James chapter 3. This Joshua believed the word that no one could stand against him. And that he thought, he had the audacity to think that gave him authority in this earth. He had the audacity to think he could talk to the sun and it would listen to him. Because he needed it to stop to accomplish what God had called him to do. Listen, we got to understand something. Our faith and our mouth are working together to give us power on this earth. But most people treat their words like those disciples did. That's nonsense. Your words, with your words, you're producing something in your life. Most people let the idle words fly all day long, but Joshua understood his words carried authority. Look at James chapter 3, verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a mature man who's able to control his whole body. Now, we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey. We also guide the animal with it. And consider ships. Though they're very large and driven by fierce winds, they're guided by a small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So James talks to us about our tongues, about our mouths, the words we speak. And he says, he says look, if you don't stumble in what you say, you are a mature man. And that's the goal, isn't it? For us to become mature in Christ. He says later, nobody can control, no man can control the tongue, but you're not just an ordinary man. You've got the Holy Spirit of God in you, leading and guiding you. So he says this. He says, we put bits into the mouths of horses. What's the bit do? It steers the horse, right? And then he talks about, about rudders on a ship. And I think most people are like that ship because what happens with the ship? The wind blows at it. And most people go wherever the wind's blowing. If the, if the wind's blowing, if the, they're, they're going that direction. But the rudder is supposed to steer your life. The rudder is supposed to control you to get you to your destination. But listen, there's things that will blow on you and try to steer you. The media will blow on you and try to get you angry like them. They'll try to get you fearful like they are. They're going to blow on you and try to get you upset. Listen, situations and circumstances will blow against you and try to get you fearful, try to get you worried, try to get you anxious. But you can, you can go with the flow or you can dominate those things with your mouth. That's what James is talking about. Your feelings will try to control you. I talked about that last week. But listen, feelings aren't wrong, but it's wrong to be controlled by your feelings. So we got, listen, now look at verse five, James three, verse five. So too, the tongue is a small part of the body. It boasts great things. Consider how large a forest, uh, how a large forest, a small fire ignites. And the tongue is a fire, 
The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among the parts of the body. It pollutes the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is set on fire by hell. There's a lot here, but let me just say this. The, your words light a fire in your life. Did you catch that? Your words can ignite a fire in your life that will either devastate your life or somebody else's if you're not careful. Your words, you think about that. Think about the, the way a small word can affect a child. And they start thinking a certain way because of a word that was spoken. And their life plays out that word. They, the, the word becomes a prophecy over their lives. Look, if you've got something going wrong in your life, look at the words. Look at your words. Now, we're not gonna go all the way back. Maybe there's a word that was spoken over you when you were young. You think about that, you can deal with that, but you gotta look at your words. You gotta change your thinking to start thinking like this word thinks so you can start speaking like the word speaks. But if you've got something going wrong in your life, I challenge you, look at your words. What words am I speaking? Because that fire in your life started somewhere. Again, maybe it was something spoken over you, but maybe you've been speaking something over yourself. You've been speaking failure over your life. You've been speaking rejection over your life. You've been speaking depression, brokenness, these kinds of things over your life. Listen, we gotta start speaking what the word speaks. Sometimes there's even, I believe, a religious spirit tied to some of those words. You know, we think we're being spiritual by continuing to live beneath the promise of God. You know, we're living, oh, I'm just, I'm just broken. I'm living, I'm just, a, I'm broken before God. And I'm, why are you always broken? Stop being broken. God didn't make you to be broken. He made you to be a whole man. Come on, he gave you his, the Holy Spirit to live in you to do something. I'm just, you know, you just, I'm just so lonely. God's just called me to loneliness. He's called me to be mama. Shut up. Stop talking like that. God didn't call you like that. You're just doing it with your mouth because that's what the word says. You just don't like it. Come on. We think we're being humble sometimes. You understand that? We think we're being humble by living beneath what the word says. But Jesus came to set us free. Start living in freedom. Come on. Maybe I'm talking to somebody today. Start living in the freedom that Jesus came to give you. Listen, we may not even realize it sometimes, but there's things that are growing and producing things in our lives, but they've got roots. You gotta get to the roots. You gotta attack the roots. If you wanna kill the plant, you gotta go for the root, right? I get my kids pulling weeds in the yard sometimes, but they're always back again the next week because they don't get the roots. You gotta, get, you gotta kill the roots if you wanna kill the plant. If you got something in your life that doesn't, isn't working, go for the roots. Let me, let me quickly go here, James chapter three, verse nine. Every sea creature, reptile, bird, or animal is tamed and has been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. We talked about that. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. We, now listen, with, in one moment, we praise the Lord with it, and then we curse men who are made in God's likeness. Praising and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet water? And does bitter water came, come from the same mouth? Can a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine grape produce figs? Neither can a salt water spring yield fresh water. Are you understanding what he's saying? You can't, listen, if you've got a spring of water and it's got fresh water in it, 
and bitter water, how many of you know the water's not gonna be fresh? It's gonna be bitter. It's gonna be salty because the saltiness will pollute the whole spring. That's how it works. Your words, you might be speaking the right words. Praise God, I'm healed. Praise God, I'm saved. Praise God, I'm blessed. Praise God, my family's whole. Praise God. And then you go home and you get speaking something else. You dirty, rotten scoundrels. You this, you that. And you're, what are you doing? You got two different springs going on, but the bitter is polluting the, the good one. You got to control this thing. Because you can contaminate your words. The bitter words will contaminate your whole life. The tongue is a fire and it will set your life on fire. And you think just because you're speaking some good words at church, you're going to be good and you go home. No, you better get that thing under control now. You with me? Don't contaminate your confession. Don't go to work and say, man, I'm sick as a dog. And you come to church and say, I'm healed. I'm whole. No, you just contaminate your, your words. Your words are polluted. Pollution, you can, your confession's got to stay consistent. You know, some people say, I'm being nitpicky. It doesn't matter if I say the wrong thing sometimes. No, we got to get nitpicky. Start getting nitpicky. If you got nits, you want to get rid of those things. Shave your head if you got to. You want to get rid of it. Stick with your confession. I never get, what are they called? Uh, lice. I don't get lice. They, just, they, they got nowhere to stick. Joshua chapter 10, I'm gonna close with this. Joshua 10, the end of the story. There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord listened to the voice of a man because the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua and all Israel with him returned. Now listen, he says, there's never been a day like it until, until Jesus came. Because when Jesus came, he was speaking to everything. He thought speaking to the sun was a big deal. He spoke to storms. He spoke to trees. He spoke to demons. He spoke to everything. He took authority over it. And then he told us to do the same thing. So listen, Joshua was the prototype. Jesus was the fulfillment. And what Jesus has done for you is given you authority so you can take control with your mouth over things in your life that don't belong. You got some demon in your life, you get out of here in the name of Jesus. You're not putting up with it. Come on, you're supposed to take authority. Now listen, there should be, they should be getting on the news, the weathermen, God bless those guys, getting on the news and saying, look, there's another big hailstorm coming. We don't know why, but it always skips this certain place in Ashboro. We don't know what's going on, but it never hits there. There's tornadoes coming, but we don't know why, but it always skips this one spot in Ashboro. Listen, there, we, we don't know why these, these things, this big winter weather storm that destroys trees and knocks power out. We don't know why it never hits Ashboro because the people of God are rising up and taking some authority. And we're understanding we've been given authority on this earth to do some things to dominate with our mouths. Are you with me? Stand up with me. Listen, if you need the sun to stand still, God's put that kind of authority in your mouth. I didn't say it, he did. There might be something, maybe you don't need the sun to stand still, but there's something else in your life that you need might be an impossible situation 
Listen, we serve a God who does impossible things. The impossible is commonplace for him. Miracles are common to him. There's nothing impossible. There's nothing he wouldn't do for you today. He made the provision. We just got to get his word in our mouths. Why don't you bow your heads and, and close your eyes just for a moment. And this morning, I want to ask you, we've been talking about your words. And listen, the most powerful thing you can do, the most important thing you can do is give your life to Jesus Christ. None of this other stuff will work until you've given your life to Jesus. Your words might do a little bit in your life and you learn how to speak some good things and it'll, you'll get good things, but it won't do, have the impact because you don't have the power behind it. Listen, you gotta have your life controlled by the Holy Spirit. And if you're here today or you're watching online, you've never given your life to Jesus, this is your moment. Listen, God's calling you today. Don't reject the call. Don't run away from what he's calling you to do. If you're here or you're watching and you need to give your life to Jesus, I want you right where you are just to raise your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, come into my heart. Come into my heart, save me, forgive me for my sins. Just repeat this prayer with me if you need to. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. I give you my life today. I confess that you're my Lord and Savior. And I believe in my heart that you've been raised from the dead. So I thank you, Jesus, for living in me. Amen. See, the word of God says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's what you did today if you prayed that prayer. Listen, if you, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to come down and pray with one of us. We've got a, a team here to pray for you and minister to you a little bit. If you'd like to do that, come on down to the front. For the rest of you this morning, if you need a touch in your life today, it might be that you're believing God for something. We want to believe with you and agree with you. It might be something in your body. It might be something in your family or a situation at home, whatever it might be. But today we want to agree with you and pray together. If you need prayer for anything, I want you to come down to the front and we've got a team that's going to pray for you and uh, believe God with you this morning. But for the rest of us, I want you to pray and agree with me and just thank God right now. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we have authority on this earth. We thank you, Lord God, that you have given us authority in our mouths and that your spirit is controlling our mouths. We thank you, Lord God, that we'll speak the words of God. I thank you that we'll produce good things. I thank you, Lord, that we'll, we'll learn how to speak good things over our children, over our spouses, Lord, over our work, over our lives. Lord God, we thank you that we are going to speak the word of God. Lord, I thank you that we have authority on this earth. I thank you that we have authority on this earth today and we rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus. Lord, if the enemies come against anybody today, we just stand together and partner together and agree. Enemy has to flee in the name of Jesus. He might have come one way, but he's going to flee seven ways. Lord, we thank you. We take authority over that in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen.